Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly, a show I will not hijack today. Okay, thanks. Um, so recently, we've been binging a show called For All Mankind uh-huh. on Apple TV. Yep. And it's a show pretty much, uh, the plot is, what happened if Russia got to the moon before we did? Yeah, so it's a show that takes place in the past, in the 1960s and 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, but it's an alternative past because things would have developed differently if mm-hmm. that one event like happened separately. Right. And in in I think it was in season 2 where there was a scene where there was uh something that happened with the sun and it uh-huh. was called a solar flare. Uh-huh. And it, and apparently Spoilers. I'm not really spoiling anything. <laughs> and it's called a solar flare and it was affecting activities on the moon. Uh-huh. But I don't know what a solar flare is. So maybe you can explain what that is. Okay. Let's start with what the sun is made out of. The sun is made out of a lot of hydrogen and helium. Okay. Now, what the sun does is it has such immense gravity and temperatures and pressures where the electrons surrounding hydrogen atoms mm-hmm. are kind of crazy somewhere else they're not hanging out with the atom anymore okay so you just have these protons basically Uh that are bouncing around and protons are repelled by each other but if you have enough gravity and uh, temperature you can convince them to get very close to each other and if you get them close enough to each other then they will be attracted to each other by the strong nuclear force Uh and they'll stick to each other release a ton of energy make everything else hotter Uh around them and they'll make helium um, and it's, it's more complicated than that. It's like they turn into, uh, another form of hydrogen with a neutron and then all sorts of crazy stuff. But that's the, the, short the gist idea. of it. Okay. okay. So you have a lot of hydrogen and helium in the sun. A lot. Um, and you have a huge amount of energy that's constantly spewing out of it because like it's, it's being made at the center of the star. Um, and that energy is kind of, it's, it's represented by light. And oftentimes, like, protons and neutrons scattering in whichever direction. Um, But they are making their way slowly to the outer, like, surface of the sun. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the surface of the sun, that's really what we see. And the inside we don't really see. Because it takes a long time for the light from the inside to reach the outside. Okay. It's bouncing around like crazy. Okay. Okay, so now, once the light finally reaches the outside... Uh, it will s- escape the sun and head towards the earth and we'll see stuff. You know, it's daylight. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what the sun normally does. Okay. Now, in the process of electrons going crazy and protons going crazy, there's a huge magnetic field that forms on the sun. Uh-huh. And this magnetic field will attract hydrogen atoms and electrons and it, they will be carried along those ma- that magnetic field. So if you remember ever playing with a magnet um, with, like, iron sand, you'll see the iron sand kind of makes, like, these lines mm-hmm. around the magnet. Like, if you have a piece of paper, a bunch of iron sand, and a magnet underneath it, yeah, you can yeah, get those, like, like, lines. Spikes. Yeah, you'll get spikes, one, and those spikes will kind of make a trajectory. Okay. You've seen that before, right? Kind of, sure. Okay. So the, those lines essentially form all along the surface of the sun. And you'll have a ton of hydrogen atoms or electrons kind of sitting along those lines because they're attracted to that positivity or that negativity in that in that magnetism. Does that make sense so far? Uh-huh. 
So now imagine that that line is as big as the Earth, or way, way bigger. Okay, these are huge structures along the sun, and this is what makes it look fiery. Like, the sun isn't really a fireball. There's no fire. There's no oxygen involved in that process. Uh It's just, there's a lot of light, and that light is refracting off of these clouds of hydrogen that are on the surface. Uh So then you see them as, like, it looks like a fiery ball. Like, if you ever had some went to a solar observatory you probably saw a picture of the sun where it's like deeper red and you see all these like structures and yeah okay those are all those filaments of magnetism okay okay now at a certain point you get such an insane amount of magnetic activity that that filament kind of gets unstable and it rips apart Uh so it explodes and when it explodes this matter that was in the center part of it so if you imagine you kind of have like a string that's wobbling up and down. And then at a certain point, the string can't hold itself and it cracks in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, instead of the pieces of string all holding each other, if it were like a pearl necklace, those pearls would scatter everywhere, right? Right. Okay. So now you have something called a coronal mass ejection. So the corona of the sun is the outer surface. You have mass, you have hydrogen along those filaments of magnetism. And they're ejected from the sun. And they fly off into the into the, the solar system. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this happens all the time. And it happens regularly. It's not like the sun is aiming for this, that, or other things. So a solar flare happens all the time? Oh, yeah. They happen every day, basically. Uh. But most of them are not aimed at the Earth. Because we're so far away, it, even if it is like happens to come towards us, we're okay? Or Well, think of it this way. If the sun were the size of a room, the Earth is like a grain of sand. Okay. I'm probably off on that yeah. like comparison. But it's the Earth is very, very small and very, very far away. Yeah. So if the sun is going to try to aim for the Earth... It needs to, like, really pinpoint it. And the Earth is a moving target, too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it's difficult to hit the Earth. However, the sun is always kind of doing this magnetism stuff. So you get a little bit of particles that breeze out. And those are called solar flares. Um, or the solar wind, I should say, is more appropriate. Okay. Um, and along with the light that reaches the Earth, you also get some hydrogen and some neutrons and some uh, beta particles and... All sorts of things. I think beta particles are neutrons. I don't know. I'm not a physicist. I loosely follow along with this stuff. Um, But I think like alpha particles and beta particles are just like fancy names for neutrons and protons. Again, don't quote me on that. Um, But that stuff makes it towards the Earth. Uh Now, the Earth itself is a giant spinning ball of iron, like in the core. You have a lot of molten iron and that iron is spinning. And magnets are made out of iron. And if you have spinning iron, you have a big magnetic field, which is why compasses work. So if you are on the surface of the Earth and you have a compass, the needle is going to point north because that compass needle is slightly magnetic, and it will point towards wherever it's being attracted to. Why north? Because like, north has more magnetic over there. Well, no the magnetic? the the Earth the Earth's core is spinning in such a way that the Earth is spinning, like it's on that very similar axis. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, the Earth spin, like its axis, the North Pole of that, matches up with the North Pole of the magnetic field that the Earth is generating. Okay. Just happens to. Okay. It's not an exact alignment, like it moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and every few hundred million years or something, it flips. Um, so not not really pertinent to this, but 
while that magnetic field exists, the Earth actually exudes a huge magnetic field out into space. And any solar activity that reaches Earth kind of gets distracted by the Earth's magnetic field. And instead of shooting straight at the surface of the planet, it kind of gets redirected all the way to the poles. Mm -hmm. And what you end up with is auroras, either aurora borealis or aurora australis. That's what the aurora is? Yeah, I got the the name of the the, the southern one wrong. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's a minor solar flare or solar activity that's being redirected to the northern or southern part of the planet. Uh-huh. And do you remember the magnet makes these, like, waves? Yeah. Okay, well, those waves all meet at the northern part of the planet, uh-huh. and they come down. And the aurora is basically the slivers between those w- those uh-huh. waves. Like, kind of like onion layers, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you think about Why it. Why do we see it as, like, green or blue or, or curtains. purple? Well, they just make that color as they interact with the nitrogen and the oxygen and the in the atmosphere so it's not dangerous no not at all so then in the episode where, uh, so pause. no i'm just saying that like the idea is that like on the moon the moon gets affected is it because the moon is closer to the sun or like yeah okay so we talked about the earth okay yeah. the earth is protected by this mag- ginormous magnetic field okay okay um and if you're in space you're not very far away from the Earth most of the time. Like, all satellites are very close to the Earth. Yeah. Um, they're basically skipping along the uh, a sea. Like, if you throw a rock and it's just skipping. Like, that's the distance that satellites are from the Earth when you really zoom out. Okay. They're basically on the surface. Um, same for the International Space Station. It's very close to the Earth. Therefore, it's covered by this magnetic field. So, if anything hits uh, or goes flying towards the Earth... Um, that, uh, that magnetic field is more or less going to protect those satellites in space because they're very close. They're still part of Earth's, uh, influence. Now the moon is very far away from Earth. Um, so it is not protected by this magnetic field. And although the Does the moon not have its own magnetic field? I believe the moon has a very, very weak magnetic field. Like nothing a compass would be able to pick up. Uh-huh. But it does have... I believe a molten core um, that would generate something. It's just not influential enough to do anything. Uh-huh. So if you were to get solar activity that hits the moon, which you're going to get every day, um, it's not going to, the moon is not going to protect anything, if that makes any sense. Okay. So if you're on the moon, you're going to get constant doses of radiation, basically of like stray protons that are just flying through your body. And that's what radiation is? Yeah, it's it, you either have a proton or a neutron or a gamma ray, like a high-intensity light, uh-huh. uh, that will skip past most of your barriers. So we have tons of barriers. We have skin. Um, and the reason we get sunburns is because our skin detects, hey, we just got fried by a bunch of like radiation, UV rays. UV is a form of light radiation. I mean, even visible light is radiation. Uh, but... Our skin will have detected, hey, this is skin is probably no longer safe to leave around. It will start doing stuff that is unexpected because the DNA is likely damaged. So let's burn it off. That's what a sunburn is. How does how does it like this radiation or like or if you have like a a, a random proton coming towards you, mm-hmm. how does that one proton like do anything? Do damage to you? Does it like? 
penetrate your like well, ripped apart your cells? How, like how does it yeah, cause so let, damage to your DNA? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, uh, if you'll remember from almost any like science cartoon, they'll always mention, "Hey, atoms are ninety nine percent empty." Right? That's always the thing. You have a little tiny nucleus, and then you have an electron very far away, and it's kind of just hovering around the nucleus, mm-hmm. right? Um, so atoms, they're kind of hard. Uh, they're kind of hard uh, targets to hit. But if you have an energetic particle that can fit through the gaps, it can fly mostly through you, and then once it eventually hits something, it can cause a lot of damage. It can cause it to like scatter so it's literally by force like oh yeah since it's so active and excited Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of just slams through your cells it slams through it might bounce around okay uh, it might steal electrons like if you imagine in a molecule and a fancy protein you steal one electron the protein now folds yeah you know that protein's done for okay um so if you have one little thing that happens like that that can cause one little event and generally the body will just shrug it off but if you have a bunch of them all okay. happening at once, then you can't really recover in time. Got it. So uh, that's that's what causes like mutations in DNA. And although it's good at a very low dose over a very long period of time for like a species to slowly evolve over time, uh, it's not great if you are one individual and getting a ton of it all at once. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that is what solar wind activity is. Now, once you have uh, a big solar flare so basically you have one of these magnetic lines it's 100 times the size of earth okay it flings a huge amount of material towards a huge swath of space like it's no longer aiming for a little sand it's just like let's get the leaf blower out okay okay like nothing will escape it um i really like your metaphors (laughs) they all really currently are spot on like i understand them (laughs) so uh it is now going towards the earth um, and if this is big enough, the Earth's magnetic field may not be enough to protect everything, okay? Uh, we'll be able to protect uh, ourselves from a lot of the harsher, um, uh, the harsher like gamma rays and stuff like that, which are really dangerous. Those are, instead of a proton going through stuff, it's just going to be a stray photon, and a photon will not be influenced by the electrons or the protons in your body. And they'll just fly straight through. And once they hit something, they will cause a lot of damage all at once. Because they're going to transfer all that energy to whatever they hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, gamma rays is no good. The Earth will more or less protect from that. However, there will be a lot of electromagnetic activity as a result of that solar flare or the coronal mass ejection hitting the planet. Um, and that will generally take out satellites like satellites that are out on the surface, they're not going to be too happy. Um, all what I thought you said it it doesn't really f- for the smaller ones. Okay. Okay, this is a big one. Just imagine, just bigger. Okay. okay. You have a the same amount of mass as like a planet heading towards you, just over a huge swath of space. Um, so in this scenario, all the wires on a satellite. You know, like computers, they all have one wire active at a time, and they're making little decisions and everything. Okay, so all the wires suddenly have 10,000 volts on them. Not good for the electronics. They all fry instantly. Um, And uh, this is because the wires all get excited by... All the electrons in the wire all get excited by the energy that's passing through. And they're like, yay, we're on. Um, We have current going through. So all satellites, no good. They just kind of poof. Well, they don't explode or anything. They just 
fry and then they continue on whatever orbit that they were uh, failing to maintain and whatever happens happens as it gets to the earth um all of our transformers which work by similar um like they work in a similar way you have a big energetic wire next to another wire and the big energetic wire transfers energy to the other one just by being close to it um and that's how a transformer will like change the voltage of things because it will just get it by induction um and these transformers will all similarly get fried because now they're going to both get excited by the huge amount of energy coming from outer space. Uh, and those will fry. Uh, all of our electricity infrastructure will fry. Our phones will fry. Anything you don't put in a tinfoil box basically will fry because the tinfoil box will kind of protect it. So how, okay, then go on and explain. How does the tinfoil protect it? Well, the tinfoil will get excited rather than the thing that's in it getting excited. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, but of, eventually it will yeah, there's penetrate some, through, right? Yeah, there's some truth to the, the wackos putting tinfoil hats on. It's like, oh, they won't be able to read. Like, your brain does not work on electricity, so you're fine. Um, so that's not a problem. There's no wires in your brain that are going to get excited. So uh, tinfoil hats don't work in that scenario. But if you put your phone in a tinfoil hat right before the uh, CMR, coronal mass eject, CME, uh reaches the planet your phone might be protected though it will be useless because everything else will have fried. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah cme's not not a good thing uh solar flares uh good in that they make beautiful oreal um auroras um but like not great for satellites and definitely not great for potentially people on the moon so in the scene uh, where this is happening, you see the the lunar regolith, the sand on the moon. It's now dancing in these little waves. Yeah. And that's because they are being attracted by that magnetic field uh-huh. all of a sudden, which is very, very strong um, that's passing through. So, uh, so then isn't NASA working on sending people to the moon to live there re- in future like years? Yes. So the plan basically is... Cover yourself with as much as possible if such a thing were to happen. So in the moon, uh, if you go beneath the surface, there are a bunch of lava tubes. These are basically like tubes left over from like minor eruptions in the distant past. And you can kind of hide in there and you have a huge amount of material between you and the surface of the moon, which will absorb everything that's hitting it. That's protection. Uh, Water is another great... Uh, protection layer. Hide yourself in water? Hide yourself behind water. So if you have a two meters of water, like that, that is great at like catching all sorts of stuff that comes flying in from outer space. Oh, interesting. So if you make a shield of water or a shield of lead, that will be okay to protect you from normal solar activity. And then if you have a huge event like that, then you want lots of it, basically. But as much between you and the outer surface as possible so i think the protocol and like for the actual uh space missions going to the moon is basically if such a crazy event happens which is unlikely but it could happen but you said a solar flare happens all the time but it has to be aimed at you oh sun is always having solar flares doesn't care who it's sending it to okay but if it hits that little grain of sand that's us that's a problem mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. so if if that were to happen, like rearrange the spacecraft and put like a little dome of stuff, Tin all foil. the food, <laughs> all the food, all the water, like everything, 
like let that absorb the radiation so that way it doesn't hit you instead um, so then can you eat the food afterwards yeah it'll be fine yeah you're not eating radiation no it grew a tentacle but you're not too concerned with that <laughs> i'm just kidding the food is dead at this point so um the the things that this will hit will not become irradiated as a result mm -hmm. if that makes sense like they might become minorly radioactive like bananas are minorly radioactive why bananas yeah they have potassium in them and potassium is minorly radioactive it's unstable oh it sends off protons every now and then oh yeah fun <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh so yeah uh it will become minorly radioactive uh usually not not a big uh deal uh your body has some stuff that's minorly radioactive inside of it all the time like iodine um like they have those tests where they put that and then they see like where it transfers in your blood and you glow basically so that's how they can take the test okay um i don't know enough about that though so yeah uh if you're on the moon and a uh, coronal mass ejection happens like stay inside <laughs> cover yourself with with moon sand um which is what they do what they plan to do for like hypothetical moon base is cover it in moon dust like make a little mountain of sand on top of your structure and that will help protect you mm. because it will absorb all the radiation that's coming in cool so does that explain what a cme is yeah i think you went really in depth with it <laughs> <laughs> cool well, cool it's been educational. yeah all right Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>